But what you're getting there is really, really to the, the heart of the story, which is, you know, these kings think they have all the power, but they don't. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, we have Senior Lecturer Eric Raymond and Joel Baden, Professor of Hebrew Bible and Director of the Center for Continuing Education. They're discussing 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14, which is appointed for proper 9 in year C, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. Here's the text. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Arameans on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said, and the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God, to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, that he may learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached and said to him, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, Wash and be clean. So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. His flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. So this passage concerns Naaman, who is struck with something that is often translated as leprosy. But I'm wondering, 
What exactly do you think that is? <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is, it's definitely not leprosy. This is a, a nice thing to be able to get on the table because just for people to know, even if it doesn't change, obviously, the fact that your translations read leprosy for this, right? Today, leprosy is a specific medical condition, technically known as Hansen's disease, with a specific set of uh, symptoms that lead to that diagnosis. That's not what it's talking about here. I mean, it, it could be. In other words, the Hebrew mitzorah, sort of skin disease, broadly, covers a whole range of, uh, of, of possible skin ailments, right? They didn't, they weren't diagnosing illnesses the way that we do now by giving them a name and a, you know, a, a set diagnosis and, and, and meaning around it, right? Skin disease of various kinds. And actually, you can see this really clearly. The, the big chapter about skin disease, and I'll probably come back to it over the course of this conversation, is, you know, Leviticus uh, 13, where we get the, the priests being instructed as how to diagnose a skin disease that achieves a level of impurity. And I mean, the description there certainly doesn't overlap with leprosy as we understand it. But also, I know that it overlaps with any particular single thing, right? There's a range of a range of skin conditions. Some of them are fine. Some of them are deemed not fine. But it's it's not just that it's not any specific modern diagnosable, you know, nameable condition. You actually said, you know, he gets struck by, right? Which makes it sound like there was some agency involved, right? Someone struck him with right. leprosy, which which often often is the case. And in fact, at the end of this very story, Gehazi, the prophet Elisha's sort of sideman, will get struck with this very same thing, this very same skin disease, as punishment. That ha- that does happen a, a number of times throughout the biblical corpus, but Naaman's leprosy doesn't seem to be caused by anything. He's just got it, which is a nice and also a nice thing to recognize that though sometimes skin disease and other ailments infertility, among others, can be the product of divine displeasure as punishment. Most of the time, I venture to say, they're recognized as just a thing that happens to people. It's not a, not an inherently, it's not a bad thing in some sort of sense of like punishment for sin. It's just a condition that you don't want to have anymore. It's impairing in, in, in some in some way. So it's, you know, this this really draws on the notion, uh, this story draws on the notion not of God as uh, punishing with this thing, but more God as being your healer, right? In the Exodus 15, right? Uh, you know, uh, I, God, am your healer sort of, uh, sort of sense. How does Naaman get it? I don't know. How is he going to heal it? He doesn't know. The person in the story who knows seemingly is... This, you know, sort of slave girl who is taken captive in a raid against Israel, who now is, you know, working in Naaman's household. And she remembers, yeah, there's like this prophet up in northern Israel who can handle this kind of thing. Right. It's ironic that it's the slave girl, right? It's the lowest rung on the social ladder who is able to give Naaman the information that he needs to help cure this disease. And he has to go then to up to his superior, and that that king of the Arameans has to then, or king of Aram has to connect with the king in Israel, and writes a letter essentially of of introduction to him. 
But really, when the kings are talking to each other, they're not they're not understanding where the power really lies. Yeah, it's just, it's almost a farce. It, it it reads. I don't know that how many people read this story as comical. To me, it reads as as comedy in the same vein as the the satire of sort of administrative communication that we see in the Book of Esther. This is this is a relatively simple thing. The slave girl says, "There's a prophet in Israel who can handle this for you." And Naaman, instead of, you know, sort of like, huh, I'd better ask permission. And then, you know, so he has to go get permission from his king, who has no idea what's going on, really. You know, he's so far removed from the slave girl. The only thing he knows to do is write to his counterpart. Who else is the king of Aram going to write to other than the king of Israel? But you don't get letters from, like, the king of Aram to, I don't know, prophet why does he have to write a letter to anyone at all right he doesn't it's just that seems to be how they assume right you you know you handle these things is through through diplomacy it's you know and so it's it's this it's sort of a comedy of errors as these as these sort of powerful types try and work out how to just get this guy to meet up with this prophet and of course when the king of israel hears it he's like he gets the letter he's like well, now, he, especially he's like, he's taunting me, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how to cure stuff. But what you're getting there is really, really to the, the heart of the story, which is, you know, these kings think they have all the power, but they don't. Or, or even the, not only the kings, but the military people, right? Because Naaman is a military, military commander. And even though he should be, you know, this big, forceful, strong, powerful individual, it's through the slave girl that he knows. It's he has to go through. He has to go through the prophet to to be cured, and the prophet doesn't even see him. Right. You know, there's 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 the sense of like he's gone. He goes all the way to Israel to like visit the doctor's office, and the doctor has just left a note for him, being like the just, prescriptions just, in the Jordan. <laughs> just <laughs> that's it. Right. Just go. Just go dip yourself in the Jordan a bunch of times, and like, and and that'll do it. Again, the answer is, you know, the idea of go to the prophet was a simple one, and the prophet's solution is incredibly simple. And again, you know, Naaman is like, why am I even? Like Mom's response is like, I'm not even going to do this. This is ridiculous. And again, it's the lower, it's the lower class, right? It's Naman's slaves. Yeah. Right? It's his servants who are like, all he's asking to do is to do is take a bath. Just like, just jump in the water a few times. And like, how hard could this possibly? Like, why are you making it so hard? It's a commentary in that sense on prophecy and on listening to prophecy. The the answer is simple. It's almost in that that sort of sense of Deut- Deuteronomy saying like, is this law really hard for you? It's not. Right, like all you need to do is, but but this isn't about law; it's about prophecy. I wonder if there's something to be said about about the fact that Naaman, God can't heal Naaman where he is. Why does he have to come to Israel to to illustrate the the power of the prophet? Right, the prophet's in Israel; it has to go through Elisha. Yeah, I mean, actually, you just said it in a way that that hadn't occurred to me. That this also plays into the prophetic power and authority, right? The prophet as the interme- as the necessary and sole intermediator with God. You know, normally we would think, well, you know, God could heal Naaman in Aram, presumably. We think that. I'm not sure that the ancient Israelites would have understood that, at least at, you know, at, at certain stages of their history, they would have probably understood that the God of Israel operates in Israel and the God of Aram operates in Aram. And part of the message here, though, isn't actually about God's extensive power. It's about the prophet's localized 
power, but you have to, he's got to come here not because that's where God operates. He's got to come to Israel because that's where the prophet operates. It's Again, it's totally reinforcing like the centrality of the prophet and the figure of the of the prophet in a way that I I, I assume I, I think this is this text is is often read more as a story about about Naaman coming to recognize the power of God, right, or the authority of God, which is is sensible, right? Because what he says after he's after he's cured is I understand that you know the God of Israel has has all this power, but the mechanics of the story are very much about prophecy. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Baden and Raymond, for your insights this week. For more Bible resources, check out YaleBibleStudy.org. You can also find out more about chapter, verse, and season there, including a transcript of this episode. And follow us on Twitter, at BibleYale. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aiden Stoddart, and host and executive producer, me, Helena Martin. Our theme music is by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.